Thank you, Emily. That's such a powerful story of how God met her in that place, but also of, of her faith and Casey's faith and how they overcame something that was very intense. And I really am excited about this series we're starting, Overcomers. It is re- really something that many of you could be, could be up here today talking about how God makes us overcomers. Because I'm, I just feel honored to be standing in front of a room full of people, of many people who are living this out. And many of us would say, well, I'm living this out somewhat, but a lot of the times I don't feel like I am. And some of you might be like, well, I don't know that I'm living that out at all. But this is an identity and a reality that God has for, for his people. We can think of being Christians. A lot of the, the what does that mean? That, can, that means we're children of God. That means we're forgiven. That means we're, we're beloved. But it also means that he's given us the identity when we come into his family of being overcomers. And there's something in us. There's something in human beings that we were made to overcome. And if you're taking notes, if you have your handout or a notebook, this is the, I'm going to have three quick points to set it up, and then we're going to look into how, to, how this works out. But really today, and more than, we're going to be, this whole series, we're going to be practical, and we're going to look at some big enemies that we have to overcome. But more than, like, being overly practical, our hope, my hope is that we would get a vision for something bigger. That this whole mentality of, man, God wants me to overcome in life, that God would deposit something in our hearts in a powerful way. And we actually, this is, I think, the first time we've ever repeated a series. We did this, an overcoming series, overcomer series, four years ago. And it really was very uh, critical, I think, in establishing who God has called us to be. And we felt like, man, we need to do this again, although we've kind of reworked it. It's not exactly the same. But our hope is that you would catch something in this month, that you would be changed forever and go through life with a different mentality and a different reality. And so I just want to pray that that would happen even before we go any farther. So if you would pray with me. Lord, let us not fall short of getting what you want us to get today. God, thank you that you, you sent your son to die for, for so much more than we, than we tend to live in or that we even find ourselves living in right now. And Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes, that you would increase our faith, that you would give us your identity as overcomers and help us to walk this out. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, like I said, the first, first point is you are made to overcome. People are made to overcome. I was at Annenberg Park on Thursday night sitting in a chair watching my son have a soccer practice and there are different people walking on the path and jogging by and one family caught my eye. Because they had, they had a kid playing soccer with, with my son out there. And those of you who have had kids know that when you have kids, you may think you figured out life, and then life just slaps you in the face. And goes, oh my goodness, I'm, this is, it's so easy to be overwhelmed, and everything's in, just turned upside down. And like, How do I still, like I might have thought I was overcoming, but now I've got kids, and man, they're overcoming me. This is what you feel like. But this, this couple, they had a kid practicing soccer, they had a toddler, and they had a, a baby, and the mom had a jogging stroller, and she was, they were jogging, and she was pushing the jogging stroller with their, with their toddler, and the dad had one of those backpacks on his back, and he was jogging along like this, with his baby smiling and <laughs> going along. I was like, 
wow, that family has figured out a way to overcome. They're like, we're not going to like let being parents stop us from being in shape. We're going to figure out a way. And there's different ways, but it's amazing that even how, what God has put in human beings to figure out how to solve problems. And oftentimes, religion, even Christian religion, is the enemy of that overcoming spirit that God made us for. Marx said that religion is the opiate of the masses. And I'm not a fan of Marx. I'm not advocating anything. But I think he was on to something that oftentimes the idea that we have of religion is, well, life is too much. And so if I just have this hope of God just giving me a better afterlife, then I'll make it through this life that's beating me up. And oftentimes people like Marx that are looking to change the world, they, they're like, I don't really want that because there's something in my heart that wants something more. And I'm here to tell you this morning that that desire to not be overcome by life, but to overcome in life, that is from God. That's how he made us. If you look at the very beginning of creation, when God put the first people on the earth, Adam and Eve, it says he made them in his image, and he said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and have dominion over it. That's an overcoming sort of word. It says have dominion over every creature and everything in the world. God made us to be his representatives and to overcome in the world. And there was, there was one animal in particular that they needed to overcome. Have you ever thought about the fact that before people sinned, when God made this perfect world, without sickness, without earthquakes, without hurricanes that destroyed things, it was, it was a good world, but God made a serpent. And there was a serpent in the garden. And this had, before this in the heavens, there had been a rebellion in heaven, and, and Satan had rebelled against God, and God threw him down to the earth, along with a third of the angels. And they became demonic spirits. And that serpent was the embodiment of, of Satan. And you're like, well, why did God make this perfect world and put the devil in it? Like, wouldn't it have been much better without that? But God made us to overcome. There, we would have not have been able to live the life we were meant to live without an adversary, without an opponent. That was all part of God's plan. Now, there's, there's something in us that just loves that. Even, you know, that's why people love, love sports, because there's a winner, there's a loser. Even John Griffith made a sports reference this morning. I mean, <laughs> now it was like Kobe Bryant, who's retired, and anyone, I wouldn't really want Kobe Bryant on my team, because he's not known for passing the ball, but still, <laughs> I mean, that's, sport, almost everybody can relate to a sports reference. I know, that's great. Baby steps is good. Um, but there's some, that's, that's part of it. We, we want to be part of a team that is, that's overcoming. Now, we were made for that, but we fell short. Our ancestors, Adam and Eve, sinned, and they were overcome. And ever since then, people have lived under the power of sin. And in our natural state, we cannot win in life the way we were meant to. We are defeated by evil and sin apart from God. But the good news is, and this is our, our second point, is that Christ overcame. And Christ makes overcoming possible for us. In Revelation chapter 12, this is a key verse we're going to focus on today. Before this, it's describing actually the, how Satan had, been, had warred against God in heaven and been thrown down to the earth. And it talks about how how God brought Jesus, the son of a woman, to rule and bring victory into the world. 
And in verse 10 it says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, I like that it's loud. You know, it's okay to be loud in heaven. It's okay to be loud in church, too. I think it's okay to be loud in heaven. We, we were getting church on this morning, I think. That was, that was some good. Man. I'm, glad, I'm glad I came to church today. I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. I believe this is a description of what took place at the cross, at the resurrection of Jesus. That Jesus brought his kingdom, he brought his authority, he brought his victory into the world. And the devil was defeated. The devil was muzzled. The devil was bound. He is re- God reversed the defeat that we were under through Jesus. And so Christ overcame, and he makes overcoming possible. So apart from Christ, we're overcome, but God restores us to the kind of life that he made us for. And just as he overcame, we're called to overcome in his power. Look at this next verse. It says, they triumphed over him, or they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Jesus overcame and makes overcoming possible for us. And to see just an image of this, I told you today it's more about catching the vision than too many practical ideas. We're going to watch a movie clip. This is from the classic Western tombstone. And if the setup is Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday and their, their, uh, their team of, of lawmen had come to Tombstone, Arizona, where a band of outlaw cowboys were just running over things, keeping everybody oppressed, and, and, and bringing mayhem and violence. And so Wyatt Earp has come to town to deal with, with the outlaws. And so they, he walked into a bar where, uh, where Curly Bill, the leader of the outlaws, is hanging out and doing his thing. Curly Bill. Something on your mind? Just want to let you know you're sitting in my chair. Is that a fact? Yeah, it's a fact. Well, for a man that don't go healed, you run your mouth kind of reckless, don't you? No need to go healed to get the bulge on a tub like you. Is that a fact? Mm. That's a fact. I'm real scared. Damn right you're scared. I can see that in your eyes. All right, now go ahead. Go ahead, skin it. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. Listen, mister, I'm getting awful tired of your smoke. I'm getting tired of your gas. Now jerk that pistol and go to work. I said throw down, boy. Out you go. Just 
I just want to show that because I like it. <laughs> it's a great clip. But really, I mean, that Wyatt Earp, to me, that is a great illustration of Jesus. I know, you maybe didn't think Jesus smokes a cigar and, you know, talks like that. But that is what Jesus did to the devil. That he came into the bar room where he was holding camp and said, this isn't going to happen anymore. We're calling your bluff. The game is over. And he threw him out. And that's the reality of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. It's not the, the religious image we often have of pacifist Jesus, who would never lift his finger against anybody. No, but that really is. Jesus lifted his finger against evil and took care of it. And so that's, that's why we can overcome. But too often, you know, Jesus overcame so we could overcome, but too often, instead of being like Wyatt Earp, which really, I'm not telling you to go deal with other people like that, but that with the issues in your life, you need to have that sort of attitude in Christ to say, you know what, I'm not going to put up with it anymore. God has given me what it takes to push this out of my life. But too often, instead of being like Wyatt Earp, we're like Curly Bill. And even though God has given us the victory, we find ourselves standing there and bleeding. Standing there feeling scared and overcome and not knowing what to do. And God wants to change our mentality to see the victory that he's given us. And so, Christ overcame. He makes overcoming possible. Another reality is that we are either overcoming or we are being overcome. You may be like, well, why are you being so militant? Can't we just like, be more peaceful? But the reality is there, there is no pacifism in this spiritual battle that we find ourselves in. We are either being overcome or we're overcoming. The, in fact, the Jewish word for peace, shalom, which we think peace, you know, like you're a hippie and you've got flowers in your hair. But shalom, it has the connotations of having your foot firmly planted on the neck of your enemy. That's what peace is. Peace through strength. When you've got your foot on your enemy's neck, then there's peace. But until your enemies are dealt with, it's not, it's not really peace. And so we're, we're either overcoming or we're being overcome. There is a real intense battle going on in the world. And, and if, if we op- I think we all go, yeah, that kind of feels like what life is like. The, the next verse back in Revelation, after it talks about people overcoming, it says, Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. Like, okay, great, Jesus overcame, and people are overcoming, but wait, there's this intense battle on the earth. Where did the devil, where'd the devil get thrown down to? He's thrown down to the earth. That happens to be where you and I live. And so, there we find ourselves, in case you didn't know that, that's, that's our address. But we, we are in the middle of this intense battle. And so we are either overcoming, or we're being overcome. Uh, it goes on, and in our, in our handout, we've got our, our weekly reading, which is suggested, which are some suggested scriptures for us to read and meditate on this week. And one, part of that is, is Revelation 1 through 3. And Revelation 2 and 3 is made up of letters to seven churches that John wrote. And every one of those, it spells out, hey, this is the situation you find yourself in. This is the battle. These are the adversaries. These are the challenges. These are where you're doing good. This is where you're kind of getting your butt kicked. But then everyone ends with this, this promise. It says, to the one who overcomes, 
I will, and God promises this, them something. He says something like, I will grant to eat of the tree of life. If you overcome, I will give you a new name. To the one who overcomes, I will give authority over the nations. To the one who overcomes, I will confess your name before the Father. Man, that's an awesome one. The one who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. To the one who overcomes, I will grant to sit with, sit with me on my throne. That the battle is real and we're in it, but there is a promise that as we appropriate God's, appropriate God's victory and live in it, there's an incredible reward that we come into. And so, how do we do that? How do overcomers overcome? How do we go from being Curly Bill with blood running down the corner of our mouth to being Wyatt Earp and living the overcoming life God has for us? Well, it's all, we're just going to focus on that, that middle verse we looked at, Revelation 12, 11, because it, it lays it out right there. It says, they overcame him by three things. The blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and not loving their life, their lives so much as to shrink back from death. The first thing is the blood of the Lamb. And what does that mean? That means we overcome not based on what we do, or our great strength, or our great righteousness, or our great figuring it out, or anything else. We overcome because of what Jesus did on the cross. That when he died on the cross, he defeated evil. And not only that, but to those who believe in him, he gives us a new identity, and he gives us a new nature. There's a miracle that happens when someone comes to Christ. and puts, When we put our faith in him, we get a new nature. And so, that's what God does for us, but there's something we have to do to experience it, and that is to believe. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb was shed for the whole world. But the only people who experience the victory of it are those who believe. We have to believe in who Jesus is and what he did. It's, it's not what we do, but, but what he's done. And not only do we have to believe that in who he is, but we have to believe in the new nature that he's given us. Because if we don't believe that we have a new nature, we're not going to live out that new nature. If we still believe that we're defeated, if we still believe that we're broke, if we still believe that, we're, that we don't have what it takes, if we still believe whatever it is, that we will live in the reality of what we believe. And again, I'm not just saying like our culture says, hey, believe whatever you think, you can do anything. It has to be rooted in belief in Jesus. Belief in the cross. Belief in Him and what He accomplished. It's our faith is in Him. But the faith is not only in who He is and what He did, but then who he has made us, and the new identity he gives us. And so, how do you overcome by the blood of the Lamb? It means when I'm feeling like a loser, when I'm going through my day and I'm like, man, this problem is too much. This situation is too much for me to handle. And I want to either like throw in the towel or be like, oh, Jesus, will you just solve this? And actually, that's, that's a good approach. Like Jesus oftentimes does solve that. But a lot of times, Jesus will say, you know what, I want you to solve this. I've already done my part, but I am giving you the means to walk this out and to overcome it. But we have to believe who he is and what he's done. 1 John 5.4 says, Everyone born of God overcomes the world. That's a great promise. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. How do we overcome the world? It's through faith. It's through believing. Believing in him.
All right. That water's good. So we got to believe. The second thing we have to do is we have to speak. How do overcomers overcome? Overcomers overcome by speaking. It says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, that's believing in Jesus, who he's made them, and by the word of their testimony. A testimony is words spoken truthfully, especially about what you've seen or experienced. And so, people who overcome, overcome by using their mouth to speak what is true, to speak God's word, especially about what God, who God is and what he's done for them. Now this, when I first started to learn this, this was radical for me, because I was always, my goal in life was to be the strong, silent type. Like, that's what came naturally to me. I don't know about strong, but at least silent. That came really natural, because a lot of my silence was actually cowardice. And I, the idea that I was like, no, I can, you know, I'll just like take, figure things out. People talk too much. I don't want to be like that. But learning that, man, words are powerful. Proverbs 16, or 18.21 says that the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. That we can enter into life or death according to what comes out of our mouth. And if you think about this, it's, it's apparent in other people. It's, you, there, you don't really meet complainers who are overcomers. Right? Now, I think about people that are complaining quite a bit about their life. Do they tend to be overcoming? No. Ah, it's convicting, right? Because it's like, oh, shoot, why am I complaining so much? You don't, when, when, we're, when we are using our words to make excuses, we don't overcome. Whatever comes out of our mouth, it affects the, the quality of life that we enter into. The tongue is the power of life and death. And so it's aligning our words with God's truth and speaking about who God is and what we've experienced. There's an incredible power in that. It's not about what our circumstances are. You know, you can, there are billionaires who are complainers. And there, you could be a quadriplegic who's broke and be an overcomer. It's not based on external stuff or your qualities. It's, it's a mentality and a faith in Christ that leads to what you confess out of your mouth. And so God wants to teach us to, to have his word and to speak his word, to speak what he says is true. Um, to, you know, a lot of us was like, well, how do we do that? Well, what has God done for you? How has God intersected your life? How has he made himself real to you? What is, what is his word? What does the Bible say about who he is? When we speak that out, it changes our mentality. It takes us from being overcome to being an overcomer. And the more we take this word and, and hide it in our heart, the more it naturally comes out of our life. Because I, I can't think of this stuff for myself. But when I get in this, this God's word and open it and read it with faith, God brings his word. Something supernatural happens. And it starts to percolate and, and bubble up. In, in Luke 6.45, Jesus said, The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his, his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. And say, okay, you've got to speak good words, but where are those words going to come from? It's going to come from what's in your heart. And so first we have to be born again. We have to get a new nature. And then it's going to be more natural for good to come out of our mouth. But even then, we still have to train our mind and put God's word in our heart. 
And the more we hide his truth, hide his word in us, the more it's going to come out of us and be the thing that we, that, that we speak. So we, we, to overcome, we've got to hide God's word in our heart, speak it to ourselves, and then speak it to others. So we, overcomers overcome by, by believing, by speaking, and the last thing is by risking. Now, I love that quality of these, these people in Revelation 12, 11. It says, they didn't love their lives so much as to shrink back from death. Like they were laying it all on the line. They weren't afraid of dying. Because they're like, hey, I'm, I'm not holding on to something. I, I, I know God's got my back. And even if I die, it's okay. The people you read in, in history who change history, many people gave their life for something because they believed in a cause bigger than themselves. And they were willing to give their life for that. And through that, justice and righteousness overcame evil in the world. You can think of Martin Luther King Jr. or I think of, of Daniel's friends in the Old Testament, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Who they were, the king was going to kill them for taking a stand for God. And they said, hey, God is able to rescue us, but even if he doesn't, we're not going to bend our knee to you. They were, they were willing to risk their life for something greater. And there's, there's always, if we want to be an overcomer, we can't live the way most of us, myself, first and foremost, want to live a lot of the time, which is for safety and security. If our goal in life is safety and security, we're probably not overcoming. That's, you know, that's, it's totally contradictory. If our goal is to get a nice life and have enough money and, and be safe and protected, then we're not going to be able to be pushing back anything because we're just trying to protect ourselves. But as we get out there, it's actually, it's been said that the safest place to be is in the center of God's will. That's true. That, I mean, it doesn't mean you won't get killed. It doesn't mean you won't lose stuff. But there's a security and a safety that comes from being right in the middle of God's will. That there, there is nowhere else. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 25, that for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. All right. Well, I could keep going. I, I, the next few weeks, we're going to get into more, pr- like, okay, what are some of the enemies? Next week, we're talking about overcoming offense. We're talking about overcoming some of the habitual things in our lives that are hard to get past. Um, we're going to forget the last thing we want to talk about. Something really good. But we're gonna, it's going it's to be more, more breaking it down. But today, God, I want us to get that God wants us to be overcomers. God's calling us to be overcomers. Um, he's, he wants us to recognize what are, what are my enemies? What are the things? What are the fears? What are the insecurities? What are the, the things in my family that I've never gotten past? What are the habits? What are the addictions? What are, wh- whatever it is, what are the things that have held me back? God wants us to identify those and put them in our sights so that we can, he can he help us overcome those. He wants to intentionally engage them. And we've got to ask ourselves, I want to ask you, where are you at in that process? Where are you? Are you overcoming? Or are you being overcome? Or would you say, man, I'm overcoming, and man, these things, and God's really helped me overcome, but man, there's this one thing that I know it's kicking my butt. I know I am not overcoming that. And man, this is just, I believe God wants to just give us a, a wake-up call and a faith to say, man, it's time to take some things on and overcome in those areas. He, he has overcome for us, and so he's calling us to overcome with him. I want to end with just some next steps. Like, man, how do you do that? How do we do that? What do we do practically? 
you're seeing, like, man, okay, there's this, this thing. There's this fear of failure or shame or offense or whatever it is. Man, I want to overcome that. How do I do that? I want to give us a couple next steps to apply. First one is to change your mentality. And that's probably the biggest thing we're talking about today. It starts with a change of mentality. Replacing a, a victim mentality or a defeatist mentality with a, an overcoming mentality that says, you know what, Jesus overcame those things. And I'm going to believe that he will overcome those in my life and through my life. This is what the Bible calls repenting and believing. Repentance is a change of mind followed by a change of lifestyle. We turn from our old way of thinking, our old beliefs, and replace them with true beliefs about who God is and what he's done. And then we walk that out. And so, you know, maybe you've got a victim mentality, and God wants to replace that with an overcoming mentality. Maybe you've got a self-sufficient mentality. You're like, oh, I got this on my own. And God's like, no, you need me. You're not going to be able to do this by yourself. You need to replace that with a faith in me. And so it's a change in mentality. The second thing I want to encourage us to do is, is the second step is to confess God's word to yourself. And I want to give us a 28-day faith challenge today. We've got these confessions to build a strong life, or some of them say a beautiful life. You can pick whichever one appeals to you the most. They're actually exactly the same, except for the title and the color. But they're on our resources and events table over here. And these are truths, these are scriptures from the Bible that talk about who we are in Christ. They talk about the promises of God for our life. Um, there's, there's one about faith, there's one about boldness, there's one about health. And this is one of the greatest tools I have used in my life. To, to read this out loud, speaking it to my own soul, and replacing my thoughts and my feelings with God's word. And I want to encourage you if, if you, if you would do this for the next 28 days, while we're doing this series on overcoming, I believe God would do something powerful in your life. If you get up in the morning or before you go to bed at night and you say, I'm not just an ordinary person. I'm a son of the living God. I'm not just a person. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I'm not just an old sinner. I'm a new creation in Jesus my Lord. I refuse discouragement for it's not of God. God is the God of all encouragement. You know, there's something, just this faith starts to rise up in you because faith comes from God's word and faith comes from hearing and speaking. God's word. And so if you want to come into a greater level of being an overcomer, this is a great way to do it. There are other ways to, to speak God's word, but this is a great tool you can use. The word of your testimony, speaking who God is and what he's done for you. And the third step I want to give you, and this is more in the risk category, is also is about your testimony. Tell someone else how you're experiencing God. There's nothing like getting out there and talking to someone else, especially if they're not a Christian, to say, man, this is who God is and how I've experienced him and what he's doing in my life. That will impact their life, but it will also impact your life. When we get out there and risk our life and speak the name of Jesus to other people, and that will do something powerful in your life to help you overcome. All right. You good? We got this? You ready to go? All right, good. I want to ask for any questions, but I think 
probably not the time or place for that. But if you have any questions, feel free to talk to someone else or talk to me. I'm excited about God leading us into this more and more. I'm going to pray for us that God would help us. And as 